Hi everybody and welcome to another episode of the Smashing Skull Sessions. This is the second one of the year. A big shout out of course to our main sponsors, Rising Suns Brewery, who produce some fantastic beer right here in Cork City. Right, this week lads, I'm delighted to welcome a band called Sager Som Lidermotsludet. They are a Swedish post-metal, post-rock band. Dark and heavy is how I best describe your sound. I have Jonas and Martin here on the show. Guys, thanks for coming on. Yeah, thanks. Thank a you. Pleasure. Now, I've been a fan of yours for quite a while, as you probably know. I met you at Dome uh, last year. No, it's last year, 2022. <laughs> and as you can see, I have your vinyl presses from back in 2016, maybe is it the first album? First Thank album, you. yeah, 2016, yeah. Yeah, so tell me, that's guys. A long, that's a long time ago now. It sounds a long time, doesn't it? <laughs> Jesus, yeah. But you're doing well, lads. 2022, a colossal year for you. I think myself personally, like, I mean, you had an album that seems to have charted in every album of the year list over the, the last few months there, if you're watching social media. You released your album number three, and you've been touring. From what I can see, you've been touring nearly all year, have you? Play more shows than ever, at least. Yeah, big time. And uh, I think it was also after after COVID when things were loosening up a bit, and then came like what's called ketchup effect. And bleh, yeah, yeah. And we're yeah. All, all of a sudden, you're allowed to play places. Yeah. So that was. Not- yeah. How far did you travel, guys? Tell me. I think the furthest was uh, Dunk Festival, right? Yeah. Yeah. So okay. Ghent, uh, Belgium. Yeah. A special, a special weekend it was. Yeah, yeah, really fun, really nice, really uh, great people and great bands playing there as well. So I, I met you very briefly. I know you were busy guys selling your merchandise and stuff at the time. <laughs> yeah, that <laughs> was hectic. <laughs> yeah, it was hectic. It was indeed. Yeah. <laughs> how, how do you look back on it? Even the whole year, just take, don't mind, just don't, but do you pinch yourselves and think, fuck it, that was class. Yeah, that was a good year. We we released the third album and yeah. also playing Dunk, the said the the first time uh, I think we were released for Dunk 2020 right but yeah. then Covid happened so mm-hmm. it got postponed for, for two years Yeah, uh, and me and Jonas was at Dunk 2018 I think in the 17, forest 17, 18, 18, yeah. back in the forest oh yeah back when it was outside in the forest and we said like hey we need to play <laughs> at this venue it's so fucking cool yeah. and then it finally comes around and you're gone indoors what can you do yeah, but it was a real good, real good venue. Uh, yeah. I think it was stairs. fantastic. Yeah, a lot. Jesus, Jonas, a lot of stairs, man, a lot of stairs. <laughs> and you don't, you don't have much of a window between bands playing to get up and down those stairs. It's maybe no, five no. It's it's yeah. <laughs> it was easier for us bands because we can use like the back routes and backstage routes, and there were other stairs and. Uh, there was an elevator. An elevator as well. Yeah. There was an elevator, but the, the fear of we getting stuck. We were cheating. Yeah, the, the fear of getting stuck in the elevator. I said, no way, forget it. The album, back in May, when I think back already, Jesus, maybe eight, nine months, ten months ago. An unbelievable reception, hasn't it? You must be thrilled with it, the album itself. Yeah, the reviews uh, were uh, well, very well uh, received. Mm. Uh, and uh, both the first, second, and also the, the third one. Uh, so we really appreciate I mean it's really fun to see how many people that never heard of us mm. then just like okay this is really good music yeah uh, so that's yeah. what warms our hearts yeah especially since we are an independent band as well so we do everything ourselves exactly record, not record or hire studios produce and it's, it's our own money that we invest so it's 
Even more hot everything fun. is DIY, Jonas. Yeah, everything. Mm. <laughs> I know people do know, but the work that goes into keeping a band afloat and keeping it going, traveling, touring, you know, planning. Plan- <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> I can only imagine the logistics of it all. It's crazy, yeah. is it? Yeah. But does, does yeah, it? But also, off? it's uh, it's a lot of fun. I mean, yeah. uh, we've kept it this way because we like working this way. We we don't have to answers to anyone. Uh, we do everything the way we want to do it. Yeah. Um, so uh, the the one that's been helping us, the, the first album was uh, mixed and mastered uh, by ourselves, even, mm-hmm. uh, and the second and third album, uh, the latest one, uh, mixed and mastered by. Uh, uh, Magnus uh, from uh, Cult of Luna. Of course, uh, yeah. Lindbergh. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's in a lot of albums. He's been helping ago. out with uh, Mix and Master, of course. Yeah, yeah. basically, he's so like a true mastermind of yeah. sound. Absolutely. He seems to be the go-to guy, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's, he's a good guy to work with. Yeah. Just put on a couple of records, and you know. <laughs> I was just talking to Ropes Inside a Hole during the week there because they released their album. And again, the, that man's name is on the, on, the, on the books again. You know, he's... He's definitely got the Midas touch, I think, hasn't he? Yeah, he does. Yeah. And he really understands the genre. So yeah. it's always fun to have people like that don't understand the genre to have their kind of expression in it. Mm-hmm. But with him, it's, I mean, it's uh, its fast and it's always really, really good right from the beginning. So uh, you really it, know what you get. <laughs> did you always want him on board? Was that the plan for this third album? Or yeah, was it just something that happened? Uh, yeah, he started, we contacted him for the second album, yeah. and then okay. we we wanted help with drums as well. So we went up uh, to, uh, is it Studio Grandal? No. Uh, yeah, Studio Grandal, and it's connected to uh, other studios called Fascination Street. But it's Studio Grandal yeah. in Sweden with Daniel Castillo. Yeah. I think it's called. Okay. A lot of special metal bands have yeah. been, uh, were there, like Amorphous, uh, Catatonia, uh, you name dark metal band studios. Yeah. Jeez, you just you just mentioned two fantastic bands there. Yeah, two and are, Catatonia. Two of my wow. favorites. Yeah. And that yeah. was one. We heard we were going to record a drums there. Because he said, okay, I went to the studio for a day. Okay, what studio? Okay, okay, just <laughs> let's play. Let's do it. Enough <laughs> he was things. also a super friendly and a professional guy to work. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, you look back on this, the year that just went has to be all highs. There must have been no downs, is there? And I was just, is it such hard work that you can't appreciate it? I mean, no. it's a it's a lot of hard work <laughs> before you release it, yeah. and then when you release it, uh, it kind of feels like uh, good, of course, that finally uh-huh. people can can listen to it and enjoy the music. Yeah, uh, and then the work starts to get the the show running with reviews and uh, booking of shows, live shows, and yeah, and yeah. things like that. So it's it's always something to do, uh, mm-hmm. and that's mm-hmm. uh, what makes it fun as well. And how how do you share out the workload within the band, lads? Who's who's the unfortunate guy who gets led with the the heavyweights? Yeah, we share very much, uh, pretty based on what everyone is good at and what feels yeah. uh, okay uh, natural uh, there's yeah. a tendency right now at least or for the last couple of years that i have done most of the booking mm-hmm. you've done all of the web shop and all the products all the merchandise and then the other guys probably just contributed to all the things so we're okay. helping each other okay maybe those those are two 
Yeah. Main parts. Yeah. So David is doing you know, everything with the development of the web page and yep. coding and stuff like that. Right. So we work with different things. So it falls natural what we do in, in the band as well. Gee, that's and fantastic, that really, isn't it? Yeah, that really helps a lot. Yeah. But because if you would have four guys that are all the same, it's <laughs> everyone that wants to do the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> well, four guys who know nothing pretty... about social media. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. That's basically your competition. Friendly one, perhaps. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Has this been the biggest year? 2022? Has it been the biggest year for you when you compare the release of album number one and number two? Does this, does this year's 2022 stand out? Yeah, I'd say so, because we end up uh, releasing an album that we liked, mm. uh, playing a dunk, playing mm. a couple of more shows in Sweden, which is kind of rare to us. Sweden yeah, is a true. pretty yeah. hard <laughs> country to book post-rock shows. You can ask literally anyone. Have, and yeah. also we did our first like consecutive dates of a tour in December in Denmark and Norway. So mm. that was okay. also a hallmark to us. So very nice year. Yeah, um, why, why is it so hard to book within Sweden? Uh, you're not the first to say it, you know. Others have said the same thing. And it's, when you think of the bands that came out of Sweden, like, you know, Eva Emanuel, Hiroshima, Cult of Luna, Swarm of the Sun, PG Lost. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's it's almost a mecca for post music. But yet everyone yeah. says that you struggle to play live there. Yeah. It's, it's as you say, I mean, there's so many great bands from Sweden and it's not only post-rock, it's within all metal that, genres, exactly, rock yeah. genres, everything. But there's something with the Swedish uh, booking system that is like you're, you're supposed to be happy to play at places without mm -hmm. getting paid okay. or you're really, really big and then you have like, you have yeah. arena to, to play at. I get you, I get you. So there's nothing like in between. There's no middle ground there, so for somebody who's yeah. maybe at your size at the moment as a band. Yeah. No, not really. Yeah. And maybe also it's a hard genre for some people to understand if you mm -hmm. just introduce them to it. Okay, this is heavy, this is dark, this is melancholic, lots of melodies, you like it. Mm -hmm. Oh, uh, the good vocals. Um, no, not that much. <laughs> <laughs> so we've gotten that a lot in Sweden, but also the appreciation yeah. not having vocals. Mm -hmm. so. Uh, but but it feels good that you're telling us too and want to talk to other bands. It's actually an obvious truth that it is, and it's a, it's a, it's a pity. Yeah, a lot of big pop rock bands, but it's hard to get a show. We only have to go across the bridge to Denmark. Yeah, we play much more in Denmark than we do yeah. in Sweden. So that's the thing. We uh, we <laughs> only live like a bridge away, so it takes like. Uh, 10, 20 minutes to get over to Denmark. So oh, wow. that makes okay. Copenhagen is the, the place to, to to play for us. We've been in Copenhagen like everywhere, every year playing. Um, That's crazy though, isn't it? Geographically, it's so far, it's not so far away. It's no? stone throws away. Yeah. And it's a different vibe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's, that's weird because we played also in other, other cities in Denmark. Mm. Uh, Small cities, smaller yeah. cities. Yeah. Uh, mm. yeah. And are you getting a decent turnout at these shows within, for instance, Copenhagen? I mean, what, yeah, what, Denmark, what are you talking? I mean, I mean, Denmark and Norway is great, great countries to 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 play at. Uh, you actually have a crowd that comes to the to the shows. Yeah. Uh, that enjoys the music, that buys the merch and etc. Mm -hmm. In Sweden, it's a little bit yeah. more... Uh, <laughs> Not a trash talk, uh, but there's, there's some, <laughs> some barrier that we need to cross. Yeah. 
hopefully it might change at some stage. I, I don't know what, yeah. what you can do to change it. Yeah. You know, I, I think it's a, it's a famous saying here, like to be big in Sweden, you need to be big uh, internationally first. Then you can kind of come back to Sweden <laughs> and play. Yeah. <laughs> and we, then you have been accepted. Okay. You can look at all, you know, old bands from the 90s, like Cardigans, they went to, to, to Japan and then they come back. And, yeah. It's a big yeah, thing. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and you know something, it's not too dissimilar to Ireland. Like Ireland is... You look again, we try and stick within our own genres here. Like, I mean, God is an astronaut, thrived in Europe, but never made it at mm. home. And even still to this day, they sell out at home, but it's a bit of a slog for them, I think, to, to be accepted in Ireland. I just don't know why, because we have a decent rock and metal scene. Again, Jonas, I don't know, is it down to vocals? Do people need words to sing along to? I, yeah, I don't well, know. I, perhaps also, it could be other, you know, that national mentality or something but in other countries like in Denmark and mm. and Belgium and all we feel like the same group of people uh, a crowd of people can be into a lot of different kind of music so it's not only a metal mm. crowd punk mm. crowd and a mm. post rock psychedelic alternative they're all there together yeah yeah it's also kind of nice with the post rock post metal scene I mean you can mix whatever things you want in the music and you mm -hmm. it shows that uh, when you play live i mean you can have people enjoying jazz coming yeah. up and saying they enjoy the music and you can have people enjoying hardcore black metal saying they enjoy the music <laughs> so so it's a really good mix of people yeah that is the beauty of this this genre of music i think because anything is acceptable within it you know if, if it sounds right just put it in there you know as you mentioned there's brass, yeah. there's strings, trumpets, trombones. Everything fits into that post-rock sound, I think, and that post-music. You know, yeah. it, it's it's a great place to be, and I just wish so many more, much more people would give it a chance, you know, especially yeah. even in metal circles and metal genres, you know, other, or heavier bands. People don't seem to give it a chance, which is a pity, especially here in Ireland as well. And I suppose, as you said, you're feeling the same in Sweden. Was it always your intentions to, to grow this band to where you are today, lads, tell me? For when you look back at 2016, is this where you wanted to be? Three albums in? Yeah. I think we went further than we first imagined it being. I mean, yeah. uh, we right. we started out just drinking beer at a local uh, craft beer place. And uh, we, yeah, <laughs> we just, uh, everyone, um, we knew each other from different kind of band constellations. Yeah. And we just said, like, yeah, no more singers. <laughs> Post rock from now on. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we went off from there. And so, the first yeah. album came out pretty. I mean, it only took like one year for creating yeah. everything. Yeah. yeah. So we just wanted to try something new and see how that worked. And we got two, four guys together that wanted the same thing. Yeah. And, and that album, the first album, it's almost a bit of a collector's album to have now, you know, on hard copy. Yeah, we saw. As, a, we as, saw, I, as I'm proud, proud to display mine, like, but was, was that the case from, from the start or did that evolve over the second and third album? You know, was the first album really taken in and put in post-metal circles as been a great album or did it take a while? Yeah. It, it took a while. Uh, I mean, I've seen it on uh, like these kind of lists, like uh, uh, the best post-rock, post-metal from the decade, uh, the yeah. 2010 to 2020. Mm -hmm. But I mean, it wasn't immediate. 
it took a while for people to notice a completely okay. new band, of course. Yeah. 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 Uh, been... So the first the first year we only played locally, uh, and uh, we went to I think the big break was Vivid in yeah. Norway. Yeah. So that way we got into the genre and people started noticing us. Yeah. Uh, so huge shout out to Timo. Timo, uh, exactly. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Timo done tremendous work getting Vivid up and running there. I mean. He got some great bands in, I have to say. Yeah, so he kind of found us. We we hadn't recorded much, so we just no, sent him some, some pre-recording. Yeah, so we some demo uh, versions yeah. of the songs. He liked it and said, okay, we, we could have a spot for you. Yeah. And how, was he had. how was that experience, <laughs> lads? How was Vivid? I mean, that was your first Vivid. sort of big show, if you if you know what I mean. Yeah, big show, especially a big, big show uh, abroad. Uh, it was great. Have you been there? Mm. No, I told Timo maybe just pre-pandemic that I was going to make the effort to get there, but yeah. Dunk keeps coming up and I keep booking Dunk and I keep saying, fuck it, I'll have to do something yeah. else. So someday, Jonas, I'd say, yeah, uh, if it ever and now happens it's, again. It's, it's dormant. He, he has the vivid presence that he has mm -hmm. on smaller venues. But That's right. The, the big one, it was fantastic because it's in an old uh, movie theater. Yeah. So you're playing on the stage for right in front of the big screen so you have all the visuals Brilliant. all bands have visuals if you're and if you were a small band we managed to do our own with some help but if you were a small band they just gave you a visual art designer here it's going to do a visuals all band we're going to have good visuals mm. and uh, we talked to some other bands that, that were new at time yeah. time as well and they felt the same thing yeah. wow this is yeah, so we're, get, we're getting help here to play yeah. <laughs> we got, everyone got the same chance so it, yeah was band like Siberia, which I really love playing the yeah, uh, headline yeah, show. Right. Big visual, yeah, super yeah, cool. Yeah. Mm. And then we had a band that were starting off back then, our Norwegian friends, Astrosaur. Also, yeah. cool big visuals. Yeah. Brilliant, so brilliant. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's, it, that's the beauty of this scene, actually, isn't it? Because bands, irrespective of size, seem to get treated the same. That just, it just shows it, doesn't it, really? A vivid, everyone was looked after. I mean, that visual aspect makes everything all the sweeter, doesn't it? And really sort of sets the scene. Yeah. yeah. And also too cool because, you know, all movie theater people sitting down mm. for at least the majority of the bands. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe not the headliners. Just, just enjoying the music. Yeah. Well, that's so, kind of the fun part with post as well. I mean, you can really see when people are enjoying it. They don't need to headbang and stuff like no. that. You no. just like feel and they are nodding and like, yeah, they're into it. Yeah. yeah. Can, 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 can you feel yeah. that energy that's when, when you're on stage? You can, you yeah. can, you, of course you can see that, but it's, it's, it's not as pronounced as a crazy guy, like uh, jumping up and down, of course. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. more subtle. Yeah. That is a sort of a strange thing when I'm, when I'm telling people again, oh, I, I have two friends of mine there, Richie from the Metal Cell, who edits and produces this show, you know, and he's coming to dunk with me this year. He's used to trash, death metal bands, uh, heavy, heavy Irish bands, but he's going to try something different. And, you know, you, you try and play up dunk for what it is because it's something really special. Like, But at the same time, like you said, when you, when you go to a dunk show, you, you just sort of stand back a little bit, take it in and, and sort of embrace the music that way as opposed to thrashing around and uh, yeah. you know, yeah. throwing elbows. Yeah, I'm more that way as well. I like to stand a little bit further in the back and just enjoy the music nowadays. Mm -hmm. Not uh, not like in the older, uh, the younger, crazier <laughs> days. <laughs> the stage diving days. Yeah. <laughs> Have you stage dive, Martin? Yeah. 
And no, I'm not stage dive, no. Uh, <laughs> but the way I've been playing drums and stuff like that, it was a little bit more aggressive, uh, even though I'm even, I'm aggressive now as well. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, but yeah. It, yeah. <laughs> Jonas, yourself, have you have you um, tasted jumping off stage? <laughs> <laughs> there were some cases back in the nineties. <laughs> If I recalled right, yeah, <laughs> and, you, and you're you're a big man to jump and have coming at you. That's for sure. I, I wasn't back then. It was thinner, but then again, well, I mean, I'm talking up. size. You're from what I can recall from last year. I doubt you're a tall man, aren't you? You're you must be six three, six four. <laughs> but then, all back in the days, everyone, at least in the metal scene, all were wearing get the grips and Dr. Martens with <laughs> yeah. the metal protection that was allowed back then. So yeah. you can get one of those. In your head, <laughs> if you're watching like Cannibal Corpse or In Flames or uh, a band like that, yeah. which yeah. happens. Have you seen all those bands? Have you seen the likes of In Flames? I mean, obviously, been the Scandinavian bands themselves. Would you have seen them a few times? Yeah, I've seen Swedish, Swedish death metal bands so a lot of not a lot of times, but a couple of times back, mm -hmm. especially in the nineties, because that was when I was a teenager. So, yeah, In Flames and Dark Tranquility and Dismember. Yeah, and those bands were cool seeing them at smaller venues. Uh, did those bands influence you at all, lads? I know like you're a different genre, but again, does your music is dark, it's atmospheric, it's heavy, sad, emotive. Does that come from what you listened to back in the nineties, Jonas? Yeah, to me, I say a lot of lot of you know your formative years, the things you started listening to do. Yeah. Perhaps in my case, it's the even more darker and moody ones. A lot of British bands like Paradise Lost and Anathema, yeah. My Dying Bride. Yeah. And if you go over to Pond to US, you have had type of negative, you know, dark and gloomy bands. Yeah. We grew, we grew up with the same stuff. So, Jonas, they'd be the three bands that I spent 10 years adoring Anathema, My Dying Bride, Paradise Lost. Just yeah, Paradise Lost. Should not forget a problem, my favorite band. And and they're still going, which is incredible, isn't it? Saw them just uh, the other month here in Monday. And how was it actually? Out of curiosity, yeah, how did it sound? You're still good. A bit still more good. standing still and <laughs> these yeah. days, but still got the sense of humor and playability and all of it. And they still enjoy yeah. it. You can feel that they still enjoy it. And what about you, Martin? I mean, as we're talking about older music, what what did you listen to in the past and what sort of um uh, also, the, the dark gloomy. <laughs> <laughs> I was way into uh, black metal, and it was only black metal. Yeah. Uh, Me too. Uh, so, so uh, a lot of uh, Ulvor uh, okay. during their formative years, their black metal years. That was one of my favorite bands, mm -hmm. and still is one of my favorite bands. Even though they've uh, escaped the black metal parts and uh, doing the electro uh, yeah, parts. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, in. Stockholm, uh, like three years ago, and that was amazing. Okay. Uh, so yeah, a lot of black metal. Um, and then when I got older, it's everything from like video game music, Nobubatsu stuff like that, to Final Fantasy, and okay. uh, uh, to Ulafur Arnalds, uh, like more uh, neo classical uh, music. All right. Okay. And then I entered into post rock that way. All right. Again, you all bring something a little bit different sort to the table, don't you? With regards to your background and your taste. Yeah. Uh, everyone has kind of a heavy background. Yeah. I'd say we come yeah. from different different directions, perhaps, but all of a sudden 
in some time I've like played like heavy metal, death metal, or hmm. yeah, more even heavier stuff. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like your music, as I said, for for a post band, it is very dark, which I love. You know, I love that that aspect of your sound. And is it something that just came naturally, or do you, are you actually working to try and achieve that? I mean, I kind of think it's natural for us since we all have that in mm. the past. Um, and also it's like kind of like the, I can imagine the Scandinavian sound-ish. We do that kind of yeah, musical. I think naturally. so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's part of your DNA, I think, is it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it's dark outside. It's not much not, sun. <laughs> how dark is it, actually? How much? How many hours of daylight are you getting at the moment? Well, we live in the southern parts of Sweden, oh, so oh, it's yeah, actually not, not not that bad. Okay. Uh, but I mean, uh, for David, that is from the northern parts of Sweden, they have days during the year now in December where there is uh, like no sun at all. That's mad, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. A couple of hours we're doing a dusk light and then yeah. it goes back dark. Jeez, that's been, but that's been, during that's summers, been... they, they only have sun all the time. It never it never sets. <laughs> it's true size, but I suppose, yeah. He yeah. he writes his best material in the winter, so does he? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, then, Dad, I'm going to give everybody a taste of some of your music here. Sure. I have so many favorite tracks, but look, I'm going to give a track called Abstand. Have I pronounced that okay? Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty, pretty uh, close. Pretty close, yeah. Here it is, guys. <laughs> have a listen to this. This is Sagar Somler track. Outstand and see what you think.
So there you have it, lads. There's a taste of Sagar Some Later Motsluted's music that is Afstand, the first track from their third album. I can't say enough about these guys. I just love their dark, melancholic metal sound. As it's very Swedish, but yet very unique at the same time. I mean, when I listen to it, I know your music. When I hear it straight away, when I hear a few riffs, it does sound to me different from other post-metal bands. You have a unique take on your own sound. But come here, I want to dig a little deeper into your music. Is there a concept behind your albums? I know they're being numbered one to three. So is there a storyline that follows? Because obviously yeah, so, it's in a different language for me. So the, the albums are uh, narratives in themselves. So mm-hmm. the, the first album is has one narrative. The second album has another narrative. And the third album is another narrative. Uh, they're not connected. They're more okay. thematic uh, mm-hmm. that way. Uh, so if you understand Swedish and you understand... Uh, <laughs> Uh, what the songs uh, mean in yeah. the title, uh, then you will kind of get a get a grasp of uh, of what's what's going on in the in the okay. narration. Okay, is each album sort of a story in itself? So really, is it? They don't follow a yeah. path. The tracks follow a path. Yeah, the tracks yeah. within one album follow yeah. a track. Yeah. yeah. So just even just to break down this latest album, album number three, what's the the idea behind it? What's the atmosphere in it? I would say. We look at the album cover and mm. perhaps some of the songs and the noises. It's about space, more spacious mm. in in that sense too. So okay. both a space as like we're on a planet in space and it's yeah. ever growing universe, but also spacious, mm-hmm. perhaps a bit bigger, a bit more air pushed in there, okay. more uh, big melodies and not always the quick, quick yeah. metal. Uh, yeah. Arpeggios or yeah. banjo playing. Yeah. So also in the third album, there's a little bit more synthesizers. Um, yeah. But uh, compared to the first and second album, that's a more violin um, kind of uh, mm-hmm. mood. Um, so the the first album is uh, more of a forest narration. Okay. Uh, second album is uh, about going out to sea. Uh, you can see that in yeah, the art. Exactly, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and the third album, just as Jonas said, it's uh, if you look at the album, it's actually space that's for, uh, that's uh, making those three pillars. Uh, okay. In, in art. Yeah. Very nice, right? A lot of talk goes into it. You know, people don't really see it. And especially when, as you said, the tracks are in a different language to someone who can't speak Swedish like myself or even yeah. pronounce words. It's, it's nice to get a bit of an insight into it, you know. As, as a band, lads, and as a group, as the four of you, I know there's been one change. Is there within the bass player? But yeah, other, than, yeah. other than that, you've been a pretty solid group since 2016. Yeah. That's correct, yeah. So the bass player, uh, he went to uh, Japan. So now he's working with importing craft beer to, to mm. Japan. Okay. So that was really cool. <laughs> so he couldn't say no to that. That's kind of good job. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to say no when beers involved, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> but we got a marvelous new bass player in Andreas, and yeah. uh, perhaps if you put the albums side to side and listen to them in a row, you probably hear that they have differences in playing technique and how they yeah. approach bass lines. Yeah. I say. So and Hendrik played at the first and second album, and right. then Andreas started helping us out live, right? Yeah. Because sometimes uh, Henrik was away in, in Japan and stuff like that. Okay. And, uh, and then uh, he really helped out and uh, he he did uh, new things on, on the songs. So 
you can really hear his uh, that it is Andreas playing on the third album. Yeah, he's his own signature so and so as opposed to what Henrik had. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, but he was around the band for a while. So was he? If you said he stood in at time to time, so he yeah, he knows so the he... band. He knew what you were about. Yeah. yeah, brilliant. And was he actually a friend of yours, or was it yeah, somebody yeah, actually, extra music? Actually, a friend of mine, and we had played in a band together like ten years ago. Okay. They were in different bands actually back in the days, but we, right. we were in the same band for a period of years and like 12, 10 years ago. Yeah, yeah. And so that's he, kind of fun. Everyone was playing in different constellations before. Uh-huh. So me and Dave, the other guitarist, were yeah. playing in a band before, and we also had Henrik. Okay. And then yeah. that ended <laughs> and me and Jonas has also played in a band before yeah. and Jonas and Andreas has played in a band before. Ah, Jesus, yeah. sure you know each other inside out, so. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. For good as <laughs> you know, And it probably brings up the reason why I asked the question, that you're such a solid group because you, you know each other so well. You know, you've been around each other for so long. You know, you're as, you're, you're as much friends as band members, I suppose, aren't you? Yeah, uh, we hang around and uh, I mean, we rehearse every week. So, I mean, you yeah. meet up all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As I mentioned there, lads, your music, we mentioned it being dark and slightly melancholic. And But what inspires you to write this type of music? Like, is there ever a case you'd say to yourself, let's do something a little bit different, a little bit more uplifting? <laughs> or is that just not possible? Is this your sound? Is this your style? I think it's the thing that comes to mind. Some some of the songs we am together. Some at least one one of the songs that went on the second album. It's it's a jam that we recorded and I thought, okay, this is good. Won't tell you what song. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then uh, otherwise, it's some of us who have got inspiration. So okay, I got this riff, or it yeah. could be some one of the songs on the new album. Uh, we had. Um, we had a message of a, a person who, who died, was pretty close to us. Okay. And the inspiration came to write something, and that happened. So. Okay. Okay. You never know what inspires you, you know, yeah. emotion, musically, you know, mm-hmm. because sometimes we say, okay, can we do like that? Okay, could we do if we do if we just do something with a with a time signature? Yeah, yeah. Do something with a melody. Mm-hmm. Uh, can you think Opeth over there? Okay, and we'll try something. <laughs> I suppose you don't go with a set plan. So when you jam together and practice together, it's a case of just finding something. Is it between you? There's no sort of set agenda. No one fella is directing, saying this is what we have to do. This is what we have to sound like. No, you we know? we pretty much jam everything together. Usually, it's like Jonas said, someone has some parts. Mm-hmm. But then, I mean, if you look at our songs, they're like 10 minutes long. So, mm-hmm. I mean, how we evolve that part into something completely else and how we build it up, it's it's being made together in the, yeah. in the rehearsal. Yeah. In some songs, especially the long ones, have started sometimes some yeah. two different ideas. <laughs> yeah. together. It's like yeah. the Radiohead song, like, um, oh, what was it called? Paranoid uh, Android, no? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like three yeah, songs yeah. melded together. Yeah. yeah. So uh, at least one song has been melded together like that in a really cool way. Yeah. It's nice to hear how people write tracks, you know, and write their music. You know, some people are very meticulous in how they do it. Others just, as you said, jam together and just shoot ideas off each other. That's more your style, yeah? Yeah. 
Yeah. So it's usually like someone hears something within the band. Can't we do like this, blah, blah, blah. And then we just try it mm-hmm. out and like, hey, that sounded good. Or, hey, that's absolutely sucked. <laughs> <laughs> don't don't you up. ever play that again. Put <laughs> <laughs> yeah. on the guitar. Take a real long break. Yeah. <laughs> Take the guitar <laughs> off him. That's it. No more. Yeah. I really liked one session we had when we theorized too much. And then when when Jonas entered the rehearsal studio, we were just like we were all so happy, like oh we did like this, and we were thinking like that, and let's try it out. And everyone was like, okay, this is total garbage. What the fuck were we thinking about? <laughs> <laughs> it happens. It happens many times. I'd say. Can I talk about your live performances in general? And again, I, I was lucky enough to see last year, and I suppose we talk about bands getting energy from from the crowds, you know, when they're watching a show and. It gives you a bit of an edge and everything else. But I found that you guys were just immersed in in the gig, in the, in, the, in the live environment. You know, you were really, really in the zone. Is that always the way every time you play live? Or was it is it something special because it's dunk? Is there something unique about that experience? Yeah, I think I'll say it's different to, if you got like different shows. Of course, yeah. we were a bit hyped for dunk. Yeah. So yeah. On that build up, so we went on stage. I think we all felt without saying it, we we're saying, okay, let's do this. It's time we always want to do it. And then we saw the audience. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the place was more packed than at least I had thought from the beginning. And they saw that, okay, this is this is good. And you saw the reactions yeah. when you played, like you said, certain melodies, certain songs yeah. you could see in the eyes. Oh, she, she likes it. He likes it. <laughs> Martin, they like it. And then you get into the zone, and then it's hard to explain what you do. Uh, sometimes people say, that's a, that's, that's a cool thing you did. What you did, we do during that solo. Yeah. And I was there. I was probably in the zone because I can't remember. I played exactly. the, played the like, thing. But... <laughs> Jonas, I remember watching you actually during the, like, during the show. And, you know, this music, like as, I, as we mentioned the same word, so emotive. Like, you were just beyond the zone you know you were just so hooked and we just fed off that like everybody in the audience feeds off it you know to, to see you getting Thank so immersed in it just brings out the best of the audience I think as well you know and it definitely is one of the standout shows and as I mentioned that track which I will not try and try and um, <laughs> pronounce was the standout track of the show of the weekend nearly actually which Thank you well, so much. again this might be a bit of a tired question because it's the same probably question everyone asks a band but do you ever get tired of playing live or is this something that you just love? I, I actually love it. Yeah. I mean, we don't play live that much. Mm-hmm. Um, we're not a band out touring all the time. So, I mm-hmm. mean, there we have time between the shows uh, usually. Uh, mm-hmm. So we really enjoy playing uh, live as much as possible. Yeah. Okay. Jonas, you're the same? Yeah, I feel the same. Every, I enjoy every show when it's kind of a reward you get from, you know, practicing, yeah. writing songs, recording them, spreading the word and get mm-hmm. out there and play them. And it's always rewarding to play them live and also talk to people afterwards. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, I usually have a lot of fun things to tell about the music and how they interpret it and what it meant to them. Exactly, uh, exactly. A lot of that and that's really heartwarming for really. I actually remember yeah. like uh, after the 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 pandemic you we played the first show in uh, in in Denmark Copenhagen 
and I was I felt like holy shit I have forgotten the feeling how it play mm-hmm. uh, how it feels how good it feels mm-hmm. to play live like uh, two years after and yeah that was a really great feeling just uh, a lot of appreciation for that moment yeah like I think he did an awful lot of touring I know you said you didn't do so much but I suppose post bands don't you know everything costs money everything costs money to to tour like but you did quite a fair your fair share of it this year and I've noticed. You already have tour dates 2023. Yeah. <laughs> so obviously you got the bug from 2022. Yeah, I mean, it was a good year, 2022, and we played a lot of shows. So, I mean, I think we all felt that we want to book and play as much as we can. Uh-huh. And again, with all the touring and stuff that you're doing now at the moment and trying to balance balance home, balance the work, everything else. Mm-hmm. Have you done any writing on new material? Always writing. We're writing new material right now and trying different things out and uh, trying to hopefully put it on some pre-production or tape or things like that. So there are the constant flow when writing and trying out new music. So there will be more music recorded. So I think like as soon as you you get an album out, you Mm -hmm. already start thinking about new project yeah. new yeah. Like, yeah. Um, ideas and like okay let's do this and uh how's the f- the next album gonna be what direction are we gonna take and okay. stuff like that so it's really fun to to play uh, uh play uh play with yeah like it must be great the fact that you do everything yourselves as you said that you're under no time constraints by anybody to to drop an album this year or next year or like have you yourselves a set plan every two years is that how you sort of aim or is it just when you're ready we have never never no. uttered uh, like a time comes naturally yeah that might okay. be a good, good frequency of albums two yeah. three years uh, could be yeah <laughs> i feel we we just write until we're done yeah until yeah. we're done and then we just hey let's hit the studio we we have material and ideas for an album okay. so let's start recording it Brilliant. yeah yeah, I want to just change direction a small bit. Maybe talk about social media there because it's it's a huge part of the game now, really, isn't it? For a band to get an audience between Bandcamp, between Facebook, Instagram, which we were talking about there just before we came on air. How important is it? Is it something that you're at every day? Do you have to be online checking stuff and and corresponding to people and everything else? Is it a big part of the game now? Well, Bandcamp, you always have to see what people order and stuff like mm. that. Um, and it's always fun to follow up what people are listening to on Tidal or Spotify. Yeah. Uh, um, Instagram and Facebook, not every day. I mean, I don't think we have time for that, but, no, uh, but, but we try at, uh, we try at the best we can, of course. Mm-hmm. So if someone hits, hits us up, I mean, if they email us or write us on Instagram or, or Facebook. I mean, we, we try to uh, get back to you as soon as possible. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like I mentioned to you before, again, before we came on air, you're one of the quickest bands to get back to anybody with regards <laughs> post. And you may not think it because it doesn't feel like that. No, <laughs> no, no. I, trust, trust me as you are. I mean, it, oh, it's great to be you. able to correspond to you within a couple of days and, and that's all you'd nice expect from a band, you know, yeah. and that's, yeah. do you want to take yeah. a bow? That's you, isn't it? That's just you on Facebook. <laughs> Quick responder. Yeah. <laughs> your phone next to you on your pillow is it waiting for every comment? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's your, you're one yeah. of the, the hardest working bands in that respect, I think, you know, in social media, like depending whether it's Instagram or Facebook, it is great to see bands getting back to people. And even when someone posts 
I don't know, post a track of yours just on one of the Facebook groups. You're in there to, to thank them. You know, yeah. it's it's such a big part of it for us, to, the listener, to know that you're that involved. It really makes it such a close <laughs> a close and tight thing, you know? Yeah. Well, it's good to give that back because yeah. people... People post about it, put it on the list on their Facebook and Instagram stories and so on. They have listened listen to a track and they want to show the world that they yeah. like it. And yeah. we must tell them we appreciate the work you put in yeah. because it's good to, to us as well. Because that means that perhaps more people will exactly yeah. it. So maybe we'll run into someone who will buy an album or know someone who can book a show or something like that. So it's going you on see, all the time but there you go that's all it takes you know something could come of something as you said a tour a show some yeah some place may get in touch and say come here if people seem to like your music why not come down and yeah and well, in, in our that, pub our club yeah so that person has spent time with our music so i mean of course we will have time for uh even if it's social media or i mean having a beer with someone and talk about music of course mm. you will always have have time for that yeah. Again, as as a fan of the music, I appreciate the work that you do on, on social media because it, it does play a big part for the listener and for the fan of the, of the music. You know, I think the post scene in general is good for it, mm. for getting back to people. You know, because it is so so niche and so compact mm. in in its own strange way. Like, can I just go back to live music again? I want I want to ask you your favorite tracks to play live yourselves. Do you have a favorite track? Is there a track that gets your skin? We actually have the, the same one. Uh, one of my favorites is uh, of uh, of Thud from yes. the, the first the song of the second album. Mm -hmm. There's there's something with that song because it just it feels like a train that never stops going. Yeah. It's kind of the <laughs> same thing, but it just evolves over time. Uh, so it's a really cool thing to to play and uh, to make it evolve constantly. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So I really love playing that song. It is an incredible yeah, track, builds, doesn't it? It builds so slowly, very methodical, like that riff, and it just draws you in like it's an incredible track. Did you want to say something on the Jonas there? Have you the same track or something else? Yeah, that's, that's one of my favorites as well. As Marta said, there's, there's a pulse and ever-evolving pulse to it. It's more and more, and then because it starts kind of mellow. And yeah. It's just really possible. It's this country, perhaps, and it goes far. <laughs> and, and in the end, it's definitely post-metal, post-rock. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a good one, and you always see that the audience like it. Uh, another one is the one that we play here on the show. One of my new favorites is Avstand from the okay. new record. Because there's okay. so much things happening to it. There are big guitar melodies, there are breaks, uh, there are you know airy, strange parts, and so on. And mm -hmm. it's a long track, so you have a lot of things, a lot of things happening. To it. There's a lot going on, yeah, a lot of layers, you know. But the fact that you brought synths into the third album does that give you that scope that you know you, you speak about space and and that air about a track and an album does the fact that you can use since does that give that concept does, does it help it grow yeah i think so yeah i mean we we always use some kind of backing tracks to mm. to to put on the there's a lot of layers going on of yeah. course uh, maybe not in the beginning of a song but also there uh, and it's constantly evolves uh, so the difference in the third album is that it's more synthesized uh, layer mm -hmm. compared to the other two albums uh, yeah has more organic uh, layer to it yeah but it creates a, a, 
a good space for the narrative, of course. Yeah. And and who who works on the synths between you guys or somebody else? The two of us, mainly Martin, and yeah. I contribute some parts. Yeah. <laughs> it's all, it's all so on you, Martin, for the fourth album, is it? Yeah. <laughs> no so, pressure for the fourth one. Exactly. So when we do like parts for the for the album, we always look at uh, after the pre-production. Okay, what what can we do to evolve the uh, the layers and mm. the narration and um, uh, it's like a, a another instrument that is always course, yeah. always with us. Um, yeah. So we always play with uh, backing tracks. It's only from the first album that we sometimes don't use backing tracks. Okay. But, uh, okay. All other songs are are with it. Yeah. Actually, not offered the one we talked about. Oh yeah, yeah, it? yeah. That's the one the one you liked. And exactly. Yeah, yeah. That could perhaps also be the reason because we do a lot of lot of tracks. A lot of a lot of songs in the show, and then we have that almost like you know, we either no backing tracks, mm. no clicks. We just, just count enjoy. it in and start yeah. it, and we get into the vibe. So that's yeah. also a bit of liberation. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just because that track. That's maybe why it, yeah. it goes goes that way. Like that people appreciate yeah. it. But also that song has backing tracks, but only towards the end. Yeah, exactly. so we usually skip the mo the most uh, okay. cinematic part of it uh, in the end. If yeah. you listen to the album, That's right. you, yeah, you notice there's a whole symphony there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I actually spent the day listening to it today, now because in preparation for this, dropping kids yeah. to school and back and everything else. That track was on repeat for about two hours. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I, I, I can say I'm an expert on that track, except for pronouncing it, but I'm an expert otherwise. Lads, this year, 2023, I mean, obviously we mentioned there you've got tour dates already lined up. Is that the plan for the year, to tour as much as you can? Or are you more inclined to try and get something out studio-wise? Yeah. yeah. I said this year is pretty much a good combination of the two. So, okay. Because we're writing, writing songs right now and trying different things. And we're going to perhaps try to record them uh, in a different way uh, as a thing. Yeah. And also we have, we have some tour dates uh, that are booked. We have some other dates that we're, we're, we're going to negotiate dates with festivals and venues. So it's, okay. it's a good mixture, i say, because now we have had a new album out for a year and people maybe not accustomed to it, but at least they know, they know it. Mm. It's probably mm. easier to. So we start off. Sorry, go ahead, Jonas. Yeah. So we're starting off with a with a spring tour, and that we're going to announce uh, more the specifics of a bit more tomorrow. Uh, <laughs> not tomorrow, tomorrow. Sorry. Gee, I was uh, going to say here's by, your by, opportunity, by, but this yeah. will be two weeks time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But by by the time it will, you will have the specifics. We're having, <laughs> we're teaming up with our Belgian friends, Turpentine Valley again. Fantastic! I saw that, I saw that on Facebook. Yeah. You know, for a couple of shows in in Belgium, uh, Germany, and France. The Belgian dates, I saw, it didn't correspond to Dunk, right? So I'm assuming. No, it's a bit Dunk Fest is it? Is it going to happen this year for you? No, doesn't. Well, you <laughs> never, knows? you never know. You never know. We we, we <laughs> nice played answer. last year, so I nice. mean, uh, there, there there's a well, lot of group bands, uh, yeah. of course. Yeah, like there's not many bands play two consecutive years at Dunk. I know that for no, a fact. I don't think yeah, so. <laughs> yeah. So I'm um, interested. But have festivals been on tea, lads to to get you involved in their in their in their shows after the, yeah, after have, the year you've had? Yeah, we have negotiations and we've got some new new contacts on them, both Good. venues and festivals. Good. So hopefully we can announce some more things later this spring. 
Hopefully. Yeah. It's just nice to see your hard work from 2022 pay off. I'd love to see festivals getting in touch with you, you know, and, and trying to get you on the, on the roster because I think you deserve it for the work and effort you put into last year. It's been phenomenal, like, you know, from abandoned post metal scene. I have three questions, guys. I sent you... Uh, last week there just to round up the show there for just a bit <laughs> yeah. of fun I'd be interested to hear what your answers are so look I'm going to throw the first question out to you if you could record a cover version lads of any track any genre past or present what would you have a go at Mark we'll go to you first if if we would do a cover I think like I remember going to a festival and they played like this Final Fantasy 7 music and DJ was doing this really 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 cool uh, remix of it okay. so i think i think there's maybe some something you can do like a post rock re- remix of it that would be really really cool nice uh, like the the shinra shinra theme from final fantasy 7 is what i'm thinking about specifically yeah okay you've mentioned you've mentioned final fantasy before Are you, you're into that side side yeah music? that's uh, yeah that's one of my nubu matsu the the composer i mean he's one of the greatest yeah like I should be mentioning, actually, you did a soundtrack as well, didn't you? Am I right in saying that? Yeah. 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 Uh, which which so I never did, touched on. Yeah, we did uh, for a Swedish uh, uh, movie called uh, Iris. Mm-hmm. Uh, we did a soundtrack. Uh, so it's also downloadable on uh, on Bandcamp. Great so stuff. it has no physical uh, release. Brilliant. Another box tech for you, that's fair play. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jonas, yourself, if you could do a cover version or uh, your own interpretation of one yeah sorry because there are so many good songs that are are good from the start but i think i'm going to i actually came up with right when hearing martin mention final fantasy because that was a good thing uh one of my favorite bands are paradise lost mm-hmm. and they they did a record that not all of the fans appreciate it called host which was yes, very much, uh, much more a synth record sorry. and there are some songs of them that are really dark and emotional mm. and they could I, I think you could do something amazing with heavy guitars and post-rock uh, melodies to a song like nothing sacred or yeah. Uh, yeah permanent solution perhaps because they're already heavy in their way but not guitar and drum heavy so that could oh, be a thing interesting yeah and again I, I'm a fan of that album but it took me maybe 10 years I think to actually appreciate it for what it was it is strange Bomb, I dropped it. Are super good. yeah yeah right interesting answers lads if you could be a guest on stage with any band again past or present big stage small stage who would it be Martin? that would be Ulver for me like yeah, both the black metal days and the electronic days that would be fucking amazing yeah <laughs> <laughs> it, it could happen yet it could happen yet yeah, just, or just even around. better like both things at the at the same show, that would be <laughs> epic. <laughs> I mean, is, is it is it out of the ordinary to be able to support them, a band like that? Is is that even possible? A band like yourselves and a band like them? I don't. I think it's uh, it's possible. I mean, everything is uh, possible in the realm of possibility. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, they are very <laughs> underground. We are underground. Do it yourself band. Yeah. Uh, but they're really electronic. They're really into pop. 
electro nowadays. Okay, okay. Uh, but but of course, if they bring up their darker, uh, more heavier days, then of course, maybe bring, bring it on. Let's hope somebody out there is watching this show next week. Yeah, <laughs> and who might make that happen? Let's go, Truth to G. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Hear us. Yeah. Jonas, what about yourself? If you could be on stage with uh, any other band. Anybody, we shouldn't mention Paradise Lost again. Yeah. Uh, perhaps I would say because I enjoyed their shows back in the 90s and early 2000s so much uh, until the singer died. So, yawning type of negative on stage would probably be kick ass. Yeah, yeah, I would think then, so. Yeah. But then again, I thought of it. I also have an side of me who likes all that old, more old music. Uh, you know, like 70s and 60s, the mm. psychedelics and heavy things. So why not Pink Floyd at the Coliseum? <laughs> Aim big. It, it, you just took the words out of my mouth. Think big. I would have liked it. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> have you ever seen, I, uh, obviously you may, you may not have seen Pink Floyd, but have you seen Roger Waters or anything playing the Dark Side of the Moon album or anything like that? No, sadly, I haven't. Mm. I hope to do it sometime. Yeah, I was lucky enough to see that. It it was incredible, absolutely incredible. Believe it or not, something like that came to Cork, which is such a small part of uh, Ireland, but we had the joy of witnessing Dark Side of the Moon from start to finish, which was has to be in my top 10 shows of all time. Amazing. They even blew the sound out. The place went dead, the lights went out. Such (laughs) such was the power of the show. It was incredible. Yeah, that was the dark side. That was... (laughs) <laughs> Cork was on the dark side of the moon that night, yes, for sure. That's an album to look out for this year. Is there something that you're looking forward to hearing? A band that's releasing something down the line? I don't uh, have oh, any... I haven't really. There was so much good music released last year. Yeah. Uh, I, I, mean... know, I know Catatonia is releasing a new album, and the songs there have been so far are good. Hopefully yeah. that will catch them live as well. Uh, so that will probably be the one I'm thinking of right now. Yeah, I actually did a, re- a single review actually of Catatonia's track Birds um, on yesterday. Yeah. yeah, I love it. I, again, the Fall of Hearts album from Catatonia, I think was sort of a, like a rejuvenation of the band. I thought that album was amazing. And this this seems to sound similar, I think. That's from what I can hear so far. Anyway. But I love, I love Catatonia, great band. Martin? I don't know who is releasing what, so (laughs) I have no clue. (laughs) You're just concentrating on your own music for now. Yeah, no, but um, I might be bad at searching for new music that is um, not released yet. Uh, Usually I get it by the the day they release it, then I know it. Since I work within Hi-Fi, so I mean I work with music every, every single day. So I usually get it, but I don't get it before. So when someone is testing its own system behind you, Martin, do you decide on yeah. what they're going to listen to? Of course. Uh, <laughs> there has actually been people asking for, for Sagar, so, so that's, <laughs> kind of, that's kind of cool. Yeah, That's good to hear. That's good to hear. Yeah. That's, that's it, really. Come here. I want to thank you so much for coming on the show. Um, it was great to chat to you and get a bit of an insight into the band, you know, uh, especially a band I've been listening to since, as I said, 2016. You have your place in the post-music scene, I think. You have a great following. Even uh, number one has almost like reached cult status in, in the sense that it's, as you said, it's remembered as one of the best albums of that decade, you know? So look, onwards and upwards for you guys, and I wish you all the best. Yes, yeah. we appreciate you it. Thank you. Thank you. And um, hopefully I'll see you down the road this year at a, a festival, maybe. 
Of course. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> maybe. Jesus, you're giving nothing away. <laughs> Have you been sworn to secrecy or something? Uh, no. Yeah, not, but not really. Maybe a ritual or two. Yeah. Who knows? <laughs> we know. But look, if I see you, lads, we'll share a beer again and uh, we'll have a yeah. good old chat. Sure thing. Cheers. So there you go, Thanks. guys. That's Sagerson Livermore Sluted from Sweden. I can't say enough about this band, lads, again. If you like your music dark, you like a bit of atmosphere, and you like it heavy, check these guys out. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in again. Appreciate it. Thanks to Richie from the Metal Podcast, who always edits and produces the show, and I'll see you on in a couple of weeks' time. Take care. Good luck.